2: Defeat at Grimsby might have left us feeling a little bit grim especially when you factor in losing Anthony Hartigan but I actually think we shouldn't be feeling grim, we should in fact behave and have some perspective on all things Mansfield Town hopefully we can bring that to you in the next half an hour or so in this pre-recorded Mansfield Matters podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Craig here, and as always, we're trying to cram in a podcast before Saturday's away trip to Crew Alexandra and joining me to talk all things Mansfield Town over the next half an hour, 45 minutes or so. Not live. Remember, it's not live. Let's say hello and good afternoon to Mr. Alan Wilson. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon, everybody. And hello to the Edwin Stowe Mr. Clive Parkin, how are we?
1: I'm fine. Hello to everybody, whatever time it is where
2: you are. Absolutely. Uh, we were supposed to have Cam with us as well, and he's spent about four different attempts trying to log on, but um, it's just not working for him. So we, we're just going to let him give up. Um, and there you go. So maybe it's just a little bit grim for Cam. Who knows? Uh, right. Got a few things on the, uh, the agenda, chaps. It does feel very. Uh, Very meeting-esque, these ones, when we do them like this. But uh, there you go. A few items on the agenda. The first thing, of course, being Grimsby away. Then we'll talk about uh, Anthony Hartigan's injury. Then we'll talk about crew away. And then we'll talk a little bit about some news we've had in the last hour or so. Uh, And that, of course, is the Warsaw kickoff being brought forward to try and save on the old uh, electricity bills and things like that. But uh, we'll come on to that later on. Um, as a uh, quick reminder to those of you that are watching this, because we are going to stream it later. So I'm recording it with the old video so we can stream it later so you guys can have a chat between yourselves. But just remember when you're putting the comments in that we can't hear you and we can't see the comments because you're not live at all. So we're not live at all. We're pre-recorded. So, um, and even though we are pre-recorded, I'm trying to record it as it is live. So when I press this button and let Cam in, if it doesn't work, there you go. Hi Cam. No, he can't hear us. There you go. So we'll we'll leave him we'll leave him out of it. I'll give him a ring in a bit. Uh, Clive, let's go to you first. Um, you were of course there on Tuesday night in uh, Cleethorpes in grim old Grimsby. Wasn't a very great one, was it? It
1: was a grim old first half, that is a fact. Um, We looked like a team that didn't know what it was doing, especially defensively. Um, And that's because we didn't know what we were doing defensively. And we give to them two sloppy goals. Um, Second half, put a few of the more um, senior players back on the pitch. We played well. I thought we could have uh, scored a goal or two. We didn't. But at the end of the day, it's 2-0 in the pizza cup uh, it doesn't knock us out at this stage we've everything to play for when we play, when we play derby now
2: we certainly have um, and it does make it a more exciting game obviously they've changed their manager in the last sort of 24 hours Alan as well including um, a parade of stags legends Richie Barker back in the dugout of course for for them and uh, you know as assistant manager Matt i sure and Paul Warren there as well so all in all given the fact that it looks like it'll be a bumper crowd again, and that there's a Stags legend in the dugout. It should make for a a quite entertaining night, shouldn't it? It
3: should be interesting. I think it might put a few more bums on seats, you know, with those going to Derby now. But uh, as regards Tuesday night, I was listening to iFollow, and I just got that feeling, you know, from the first kick-off, when they were talking and whatever, it just wasn't going to be our night, by the sound of things. It sounded as though we didn't play very well. We weren't very cohesive, you know, and it, it was just one of those things. Apparently, uh, Flinders, I've seen the goals since on East Midlands today, last night. And I think, I don't know about Flinders with the second goal. The first goal, I don't think it got any chance with, but it looked to me as though it were two passes straight, through, straight down the middle. You know, so where was O'Toole and where was Perch? But uh, like Clive said, I listened to the second half, listened to all the match, obviously. Second half, it sounded as if they are a little bit better. And, you know, they had a few chances to, uh, you know, to get a goal or two back, but it just wasn't to be.
2: I think it was one of those things, Clive, wasn't it? Footballing cliche, the old-fashioned game of two halves.
1: Yeah, it was. And I think if we'd have played our strongest team, we'd have beat them. Um, If we'd have played our league team. But we... The club clearly has to balance these things out. It wants to mitigate the risk to players being overexposed and also to re- uh, the exposure to injury. And, and as Hartigan has proven, it's always something that can happen in these games. Um, but we've got a, a, a depth in our midfield. We we should be able to play on without Hartigan. It's a shame because I thought he was coming into form. Um, and I think the best of Hartigan is still to be seen, but we um, We've we come through it generally without too many injuries, and I think we just have to put it down to um, a bad day at the office, I think.
2: Yeah, I think more less a bad day at the office and more a bad four, 45 minutes at the office. I can see a pixelated cam moving about. Um, he says, all working except I can't hear you. Well, that's no use. Can you hear us now? I'm going to say that's a no. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm giving up on, giving up on letting him in. I'm going to do the old-fashioned thing, and I'm going to ring him. And it's always it's always, it's always one, isn't there? Always one. Can we do it by email? Carry a pigeon might work better for Cam. The only problem is I've lost my headphones, so I'm actually going to have to just do it on loudspeaker. So it's a bit of a ramshackle thing, but there you go. See if he answers. I'm You're sure on. he will. But he doesn't. He didn't last time, did he? Was it a bad tattle, by the way, on Hartigan? Hello, Cameron. Hello. How are you? Hello, Harry. We are we are recording this, so there you go. That that's going out to the the entire world. But uh, I, I I don't know. We we're gonna. I know it's your birthday coming up soon. Um, I've got no idea when, because obviously you know we're really rubbish friends. Yeah, I know that anyway. I'm only joking. Um, so what we'll do is we we'll, we will all club together for you and we will buy you uh, we voted what was it for Clive a carrier pigeon yeah 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 Clive said yeah and I can't... The writing bad. it's it's not going well for me today mate either because I've left my headphones on the uh, on the SSA coach so I haven't got the little connection to plug you into the mixer so it's just me and you
4: genius
2: I know going well isn't it so we'll keep you on for about 30 seconds and get your opinions on all, on all things uh, I'll rattle through the topics and then we'll dive into them later what do you reckon Sounds good, right? Uh, Grimsby away, horrendous first half, better second half. Are you bothered? Uh, no, because it's a poor excuse for a competition anyway. Um, it's the, the, the old format of the competition
4: was fantastic, it, obviously, when it was the Johnston Payne Trophy. Um, brilliant, brilliant competition really gave the chance for the smaller teams to get to Wembley earn some money and to bleed through young players but it just you bring in these academy teams and it's just a waste of time because point proven uh, Tuesday night Rochdale played Liverpool yes Rochdale won but Liverpool played a um, one, pretty much one of their first team players who's played 22 times for the Brazilian national team like, where's the where's the competitive fairness in that? It's just a uh, just a massive waste of time. And then same again with all these fixture changes. Man City's plays are in call to International, so they can't play their game against Derby. So it means that they've got to move play their game when we're supposed to play Derby, which means we've got to move our game to play and Derby to the week after. And it's just a massive faff. And I mean, great, it's more money for the clubs because there's more investment but it's just an absolute waste of time especially when you could easily get over a thousand fans for a Johnston Pate trophy match and you can barely get 500 in some clubs uh, currently I'm not sure what the attendance was at Bouldle Park I think it was what 7, 750-ish 912
2: I think somewhere around yeah, that 900 and Either something that's, still, that's yeah.
4: still not good and you are Playing players that are on full time contracts, and you've somehow still got you've still got to pay them exactly the same, even though they're playing in a competition that doesn't bring that much money in. Surely there is better things that players could be doing. Even the reserve league, I think, is more competitive than this this Papa John's trophy stuff, cross (laughs) cut nonsense.
2: would not be saying that if we won, but there, there you go. Uh, Now, manager, go
4: going up against these players and yes it was great to get a win against Man City but then you go play a team like Grimsby and then you get beat comfortably it's like where's the consistency it's just like nobody really cares about this competition
2: what we need to do is me and you need to sit down and go to the EFL and talk to them about better competitions because you know we have got a track record of uh, making great competitions
4: we do we do anyone that doesn't know that go back and watch the the pre-lockdown podcasts before the world got plunged into
2: hell. Oh, the the good old COVID cup. The good old COVID cup. Well, uh, the next item on the agenda, um, because that's what we're calling it today, Hartigan's injury. Everyone seems to be kicking up a fuss about this and being overly bothered. I'll have more of a rant about it later on, but yes, it's annoying and frustrating, but we've got plenty of players to cover. It's not that bad a blow, depending on the length.
4: No, it's not. If it but the only problem is it depends how long he's gonna be out. If it's only one or two games it's not too bad. If it's a if it's he could be out for a month or two, then you're thinking, Oh god, say we've got games coming up that we need players for and it, it's just frustrating when you've got a game that doesn't I mean it does mean something because we can, obviously we can still progress if we beat Derby. So I don't know, it's a difficult one because He's been such a good player over the last few games for us, and it, it will be a miss if we if we do obviously lose him to injury. But yes, we've got players on the bench that can play that. But you've got someone like Stephen Quinn who's not not necessarily done it this season. He's got a chance to prove himself in games like this, and then the, the, the games are just so poor that you can't. All you're using this for is fitness. There's no real benefit of playing these games it's more of a burden especially when you start losing players like Hartigan to injury
2: right next one uh, Warsaw one o'clock kick-off save energy good good news bad news keep it short uh, good uh, best for me cause it means I can
4: do it more comfortably in a day than, than what it would be for a, for a three o'clock I need to get home uh, a more reasonable time but no the idea behind it is fine I think Hopefully, more people will like the idea of uh, of that because then your whole Saturday's not gone, or it's not you're not hanging around as long for, for something. You can actually have a bit more to do on your Saturday. You can do a bit of shopping, for example, on Saturday morning, then you could have um, football at one o'clock, and then you could go have cinema bowling on the Saturday afternoon. So. I, th- I think it'd be good. I don't think it'll affect the tennis as too much, I hope. But it all depends. It's whether it can be streamed or not. As far as I'm aware, it can be. But I, I don't know how the ruling states because it, it should be a three o'clock Saturday. So I don't know if they'll change it to say because it should have been three o'clock Saturday. No, you're not allowed to stream it still. But I don't know. That's for the EFL to decide.
2: And finally, crew away. Prediction time.
4: 3-0 no win. I'm not
2: going personally, but I think we'll still, I think we'll win. And goal time? 12th minute. There you go. You heard it here first. The Cam Felton there, the voice of Cam Felton, who is travelling uh, entertainment coordinator for the entirety of a town when we kick off at one o'clock. Give, give you a new title. Master predictor, um, not bothered about Hartigan's injury, and uh, spent sitter on all things uh, Papa John's trophy. I think that's a fair assessment yeah <laughs> fair enough uh, any plans for your birthday tomorrow uh, tomorrow um,
4: lying in bed and then I think we're going bowling and then for some food and then the England game's on tomorrow evening so we'll watch that and then Saturday it's of singer at home in the ice hockey so we're going to watch that and they only play at uh, the next door to the arena in Sheffield so a little bit closer than crew I didn't fancy going crew been there Twice. Don't think I've ever seen him win, so oh well.
2: (laughs) So in other words, just another day in the life of Cam, because it sounds like every other day, student life and all that.
4: Yeah, and then obviously back to work on on Sunday. So busy week, or busy-ish weekend.
2: Well, well, there you go. Thanks for your input. I don't, I've got no idea if anybody at the other end of uh, me could hear that, so I might have to cut that entire bit out. You don't know. Could you actually hear that, Alan, Clive? Yes, yes. Oh, so there you go then. I can hear them. Can you? Just about. Oh yeah, they're, they're coming through the TV screen. That's why. So oh, yeah. if you if you shout Clive and Alan very loudly, "Happy birthday, you moron!" That'll be our birthday gift to him, right? <laughs> Happy birthday, Cam. Yeah, Clive's muted himself because he did actually. He did shout "Happy Birthday, You More." And then I saw his lips move, but I couldn't hear him. But there you go. Right, I'll catch up with you later, my friend. Uh, thanks for trying to join anyway. Much appreciated. Uh, bloody eight weeks, yeah, hates you too. Bye. <laughs> there you go. Right, Clive, are you there? No, you mute muted. We, <laughs> we can't hear you. This is going superbly well. Alan, I'll come to you. Right, let's. Where were we? We were talking all things um, Grimsby, weren't we? Um, Yeah, and then we moved on to Hartigan. Yeah, we're not. I'm going to go back to the top because we just, I was just buzzing through them. So we'll go back to the top. Um, For me, I know Cam sort of said there that he wasn't that bothered, and in retrospect, I'm not too much. But honestly. I actually feel that it was an unacceptable, not result, but certainly display. And I think Clough has got to take a little bit of blame for the way we were in the first half. I think he's got to accept that certain players, like we were saying the other night, when we were all around the table, play well in certain formations and positions. Others simply don't. Well, JB is now number five, is he?
3: It's not a centre half. He might head the ball away. He might have a reasonable game sometimes, but it's just no centre half. But when they moved him up front, when Hewitt came on, he sounded like a different player on the radio.
2: Mm. Yeah. I mean, you was. were there,
3: you you were there, so you'd be able to tell better than me.
2: Yeah, let's let's see if Clive's fixed his microphone issues. Hello. Nope, still not got him. There we go. I've <laughs> thrown it, it off. He's just going sit, to sit there and listen and mime now. <laughs> He's giving it right up. He's giving it right oh, up. Oh, dear. There we go. Right. Um, yes, so unacceptable display. I think given you know the side we had out, I think we should have done a lot better. And like we were sort of saying before, the two goals which we conceded, balls through the middle, should have been easily dealt with, Bowery's no centre-half, of course. And I think, you know, Klus tried, I think, to fit his system and been quite stubborn in that rather than going, actually, no, we we need to adapt. When we've not got the players available to play this system, we need to adapt. I'd agree with that, yeah. 100%, yeah. And I I fear that, you know, further down the line later on this season, when we haven't got the players available to fully play his system, if we're missing Hawkins, Harbottle, um, Hewitt for whatever reason, any of the midfield, if we're missing any of those players, I fear that Clough will be less inclined to change his system and just put what essentially are square pegs in round holes. And I think he needs to learn from, if anything, he needs to take away, he needs to learn from Tuesday night I think it all depends, Craig, on how the season's
3: going. I think if the season's going well, I think that might, you know, push the button, as it were, for him to think, now, nah, well, let me think here, you know, I'm not going to put Barry center off if I need to, you know, or if I've got no other choice. He might have to play 4-2 four, or whatever. But, you know, I think the, the main crux of the matter there, I think, will be how the season's going. If we're still in the top seven, top five, whatever... I think it might be a different story. If we're 12,
2: say, 12 at the end table, then things might change. I can hear rumblings from Clive's place now. He's thrown his camera on the floor. He's hit his laptop. He swore at it. We're talking, Clive, about, um, you know, we were sitting here on on Sunday, Monday night talking about players fitting a system and other players not fitting a system. I think we got a perfect example at Grimsby on how players don't fit system. We're we're quite worried if uh, a player's out, that it might cost us.
1: Yeah, I thought he'd experimented enough with playing square pegs in round holes and, and yet he hasn't because he's tried it again. Um, sometimes you're forced to do these things, but I thought there were options he could have explored at, at Grimsby, which he didn't. I thought it was a big mistake putting Jordan Bowery in the centre of the defence. I like the lad a lot, but he's not a central defender. and he, He's also not on best form either. So, uh, it was a mistake. And I think Clough has sold his hands up to that. But I'm, I'm yeah. a grumpy old side. I don't think you should mess around
2: with formats, and I don't think you should mess around with kickoff times either. <laughs> we'll come on to kick-off time, kick times later. Um, we're talking uh, about the Grimsby game as well, just staying on formations for a second, because you say, you know, he, he, he's not. you shouldn't particularly tinker. But when he did tinker at half-time, we looked a different side. And I actually sort of felt, you know, I think if we'd have stuck with that system in the second half and played the way we did in the first half, in the second, I'd have walked away from that game utterly, utterly pissed off, and you know, the 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 phrase grim wouldn't have even cut it. But the second half did did give us a little bit of heart.
3: Yeah, I'm going to say because uh, it was you know it, it what he did. Hewitt hasn't played that much football, to be fair, has he? You know, through illness and whatever, he came in, he was going to play against Donny, then got ill. He played the week after, had a, you know, reasonably good game. And so, you know, why couldn't they play Hewitt from the start? Because he hasn't had that much game time. Why did they have to put Barry? I mean, obviously, Nigel will know the answer to that, you know, more than I do. But it gave you more heart listening to the radio for the second half, thinking, oh, we, you know, we've got might have a snip, slim chance here. You know, but whereas in the first half, you just wondered how many they were going to get.
2: Barry was definitely played at centre half through sheer stubbornness for me, sheer and utter stubbornness and a reluctance to change this this desire to want to make this system work for everybody when it's it's clear it doesn't. But uh, let's move on. I think other than losing Clive, you know, which I think we can take on the surface, given the fact that you know it's a competition which. Not many fans are too bothered about, hence the attendances up and down the land. We all know my thoughts and feelings on it, and I'll put those to aside because the blow, in inverted commas, is the injury to Anthony Hartigan. But like I said with Cam, it is a blow, but in capital letters, underlined, bold text, we've got so many options waiting in the wings, depending on the length of the injury, It's not a blow at all. It's more an opportunity. I think losing a player,
1: especially a player that's coming into form, is always unwelcome. Um, But when they recruited Hartigan, we didn't actually need him. Um, We got plenty of midfield uh, asset as it was. So, to a certain extent, we've not really lost a great deal. Although I'm really sorry for the lad because I thought he was starting to shine. But we, um, in the global picture of things, losing... Whatever the score, at going be on Tuesday. Was not hugely important. I'd sooner we lose there and win on uh, win at Crew on Saturday, and uh, if that meant keeping the best players fresher for longer because of the decisions taken in terms of team selection for Tuesday, I'll buy that.
2: Yeah, yeah it you look at um, you look, Alan at. Um, you know, the way in terms of losing Hartigan, it is perceived to be a blow. And that's what everybody's focusing on other than the the defeat. But like we were saying there, you know, I've got the list of midfielders in front of me here. Um, Clark, Maris, Lapsley, Quinn, Wallace, all fully fit, all itching to get a game. Boateng on his way back, all right, won't be available for Saturday. Um, Law has, you know, had um, 15, 20 minutes Footballer at Grimsby, but he's on his way back. Arguably, maybe should have started, but although I know he only sort of trained the day or yeah. so before, yeah. so it would have been a risk. Um, and then, you know, O'Toole can play in there as well. Um, if we didn't have this striker crisis, Aikens can drop back in there, Bowery can sit in there. We're not, it's not like we've lost, you know, a, a player who is irreplaceable, is a great talent, and I'm not slagging off the talent or. You know, saying that it's not completely important, but it's not the end of the world. I just think the grimness surrounding the news that we've lost him is overkill.
3: I know I'd I'd, I'd agreed to a certain extent because you've got you've got Oates missing, Lucas Aiken stepped up with like La- Lapsley, which was a different bit of a formation, but it's worked. There's nothing to say that dropping Quinn back in to feed off Macker like they used to do with your Clark and your Maris. You know, in the midfield. Now, if we'd have lost Maka, I could understand people. You know, oh, yes. you know, cause, yeah, because we haven't uh, really got another left back as such as good as Maka. But I don't think you know. It is, it is upsetting. It's disappointing. But it gives, like we said on Monday night, where somebody else drops out through either ill form, injury, it gives somebody else a chance to shine. You know, like Lucas Akins has done. There's nothing yeah. to say that Quinn can't drop in or, you know, somebody else. Boateng, if he's fit enough. Clive,
2: your take on that?
3: Just um, about the
1: same as everybody. But I think any injury at any time is is unwelcome. Um, and this is probably the least problematic of all the potential injuries we yeah. could have had. What does surprise me, apparently this shoulder of his pops out regularly. Now, presumably we would have known about that when we recruited him. Mm. Uh, so this injury could have happened at any time. I don't think it's anything to do with the competition, anything to do with Grimsby yeah. per se. It wasn't a particularly bad tackle. It was one of those things that happens. So um, no, I think we just put it behind us. It's just one of those things that happens. It could, happen, it could have happened at Crewe. Um, it, as it happens, it's, it's it happened in the Papa John's Trophy. So we we'll move on. We've, we've enough players, providing we don't have uh, wholesale injuries and, and suspensions like we did this time last year, um, to press on, I don't think it affects our ability to move forward at the uh, in maintaining the pace that we've
2: set. Yeah, and as I was saying there, Clive, to to Alan about you know, Jason Law, we saw him get uh, a good 10 50 minutes as well. Perhaps could have given him a little bit longer. Obviously, now he'll be depending on you know the, the length of Hartigan's injury bumped up a place or so, but you know, I think. He looks a really good talent. He looked really comfortable when he comes on. I'd love to see him now get a little bit of, uh, maybe a little bit of a, a lone move if he's not going to break into the side because he looks really, really keen and eager to, to come and impress.
1: Yeah, I'm not sh-
2: Am I muted? No, you, you got I know, to-
1: you're on. Uh, I'm not sure how much Clough fancies him, to be honest. I think, I think Clough sees him as a peripheral player, which is a shame. And you're right. Therefore, the only solution
3: is for him to go out and impress somewhere else. Alan, your view on it? I would give him give him a chance, because if if he puts Quinn in, if Quinn, you know, doesn't if it doesn't work or whoever it plays, if it doesn't quite work, he's going to be sat on the bench, waiting in the wings, you know, to try and impress. It's same as Barry or whoever, you know, he decides to put in there, you know, let him have a go.
2: And of course, uh, you know we we can have a little bit of uh, a, a rant now, um, Clive. You mentioned it a little bit earlier on. Um, I'll take you off mute in just a second when I finish talking. See, it loops back through at the minute, so I'll take you off mute when I'm when I'm good. Um, but obviously, we saw the news early today. I'll get it up um, in case anybody's missed it and uh, give you the, the the full story on that as to the reasons in the reasonings why. Uh, the news has uh, come out today. All about the, the Warsaw game, um, of course, uh, which is the fact that the kick-off time has been brought forward. Uh, the, uh, the the news article reads as follows, Mansfield Town Skybet League 2 encounter at home to Warsaw on Saturday 15th of October will now kick off at the earlier time of 1pm. The match was originally scheduled to get underway at 3 The club is endeavouring to migrate the forthcoming considerable increase in energy bills. As part of these efforts, the early kick-off time will enable the club to discern whether significant savings can be made on floodlight usage and other energy costs. Moreover, following the trial of this change in kick-off time, the club will be able to better determine whether an earlier kick-off on a Saturday would have an uh, an effect on prospective attendances. Um, so, a couple of things they're looking at there. Of course, uh, the main one being the energy crisis. There's been a few whispers in the national media, Clive, that this has been something which a number of clubs are going to look to try. And the idea of which you can't fault, but I know you're not a massive fan of changing the kickoff times.
1: No, I like uh, all the teams to play at the same time. That's why I don't like people chopping and changing from Saturdays to Fridays and kickoff times, or whatever you. Uh, but with that that aside it, it makes sense purely to save the cost of flood lighting i'm not quite sure what other energy you're going to save by kicking off at one o'clock you're still going to warm the pasties up in the same way you're still going to have hot showers um i just I, I don't really know how much it costs to run floodlights from being honest um clearly a lot of clubs have gone down the route of putting led lights in which are a lot a lot, lot more efficient than the traditional ones uh, Mansfield Town of course have gone to the trouble and expense of putting solar panels on top of the two mains two biggest stands so I think you know every club's in a different situation uh, but it does make sense and, and of course you can try it and I, I think the only disadvantage would be if fans were traveling enormous distances and then had to get there at one o'clock rather than at three o'clock or whatever I mean some of the journeys we've made recently would be setting off at six yeah. o'clock in the morning to to be there on time for kick off. Um, So I think each one has to be judged on his merit.
2: Yeah, I don't necessarily have uh, a negative about it. Obviously, they're trying to, you know, reduce costs in whatever way, shape or form they can. I don't necessarily have an issue with that. Although it's a good point that Clive made there, Alan, about actually what energy do they save other than, you know, the lighting of the floodlights and in and around the stadium because you've still got to warm the pies up you've still got to have showers like Clive said you've still got to turn your PA announcers box on unless they're going to get you a uh, one of those energy converter bikes so you're going to have like a little headset on like you're a, um, leading a, a go fitness class leading the teams out with one of the headsets on
3: yeah I think it's one of those that suck it and see they'll try it at Warsaw against Warsaw If, uh, you know, if the sums add up, if all the maths come to fruition and they say, you know, well, it's saved us so many thousand or whatever, they might try it again. But I'm sure the people that need to be looking at it will be looking at it and providing it doesn't, you know, interrupt on the attendances. I think that could be uh, the crux of the matter. If the attendances go slightly down, you know, because that's a big thing for Mansard at the One Call Stadium you know, they like playing in front of their fans.
2: I have to say, I'd much rather Alan have a one o'clock Saturday than a 7.30 or 7.45 Friday night movement because there's not too much significant movement in it. It's still a Saturday afternoon. Um, It's still, you know, more chance for, for fans to get there. I'd much rather it be keep it on a Saturday than have to move it to the Friday. I have to admit, even though it was a good atmosphere when the game was moved to the Friday night at the back end of last season... I wasn't happy with it, and even though David Sharp explained his reasons for it in the fans forum, I wasn't truly convinced. No, well, it all depends,
3: doesn't it? Because haven't they bought the Hartlepool game forward. Mm. That's on a Friday now, isn't it? So I mean yeah. that, like, kicks that out the window because they're going to use the uh, they're going to be wanting to use in the floodlights, obviously. So it might counterbalance that. And like I say, they'll try it. They'll see what happens, and uh, you know they'll make the decisions.
2: As to going forward, I think Clive, you've got a point though as well about it being fair for the other supporters as well. if this was the other way yeah. around, we'd have a little bit of a gripe a- a- about it. Of course we would. Uh, but also I think we would um I, I think you, you know I-, I think we'd try and look at it rationally. if it was, say, for example, say for example, this was, Sutton United moving their game with Carlisle United two hours forward to a one o'clock. You'd be so frustrated. I think, Clive, if they were going to look at this longer term, we have to be fair to visiting fans. All right, it gives us a bit of a mentality advantage in terms of numbers in the crowd, noise, etc. But you've got to be fair to be fair. And I think they need to look at maybe a mileage cap if this were to be a longer term thing.
1: Yeah, see, there's two schools of thought about that. I mean, if you take uh, Dave, um, come on, tell me, chief exec. David view was that if a tra- if a club's travelling a long way, they're not going to bring an awful lot of fans with them anyway. If you take a, a Barrow, for instance, coming down. Um, and therefore, shipping that to a Friday night has no real detrimental effect on the number of travelling fans. And it adds atmosphere. I think we all agree there is a good atmosphere played under lights at the mill. Um, so that's the argument saying, if a team's travelling a fair distance, it's okay to do it. Your argument is different. It's saying it's not fair if the teams are travelling a long way to do it. You should only do it if they're reasonably local. So it, it is a difficult circle to square that one. Um, if you're going to do it, do do all kickoffs at one o'clock. Simple as that. Make it the standard for the period of time until such a time as they consider that the energy issue isn't is no longer the issue. Um, but I'm old enough to remember when there was um, energy uh, shortages and three day weeks and things because of various industrial disputes, and they, that was when the first time the league allowed football league teams to play their games on Sunday, because it was one of the days where there was least power contention and they could play in daylight. Um, So it's no different. If you can do it without spending money on, on, if you can avoid e- expenditure, which doesn't really bring any any real value, then do it. Now, I don't know what the answer is. I'm not wise enough. I just think there are always going to be people who think it's a great idea and people think it's a bad idea. Um, and I'm, I'm
2: glad I'm sitting in somewhere in the middle. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> absolutely keep on that fence mate it's the best place to be in situations uh, like this for sure uh right we're running swiftly out of time um, so i'm going to move on to crew away um obviously cam earlier on went on for went for a three nil win um i'm gonna come to uh alan i'm gonna come to you first for your prediction for crew away please Crew Alexandra
3: 1, Mansfield
2: Town 2, 24th minute. 24th minute for Alan. Uh, Okay, let's find out what Clive is going to say. 2 all 31st minute. Okay, right. So Clive's going for 2 all draw. I will go for a... Do you know what? I'm going to go the same as Alan. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win and uh, I think it will we'll get off to a flying start and we will score in the 47th minute. I mean, no one at half-time will have played so poorly. <laughs> flying, start.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> flying start? in the second half, you didn't let me... I thought you were going minute. to say fourth minute. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've I've thought about it, and then I thought, no, we we we'll play badly first half as a bit of a hangover from Grimsby, and then no, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll go we'll go from that. So, so there you go. As you know, as is uh, usual business when it comes to uh, meetings that have agendas, there's always an item which says any other business. Uh, anyone got any other business to uh, to add in? I just uh, hope that uh, after the
3: uh, interview that I listened to, he said that, uh, Nigel said that Hartigan said it didn't feel as bad as it did last time. So there was hoping that, you know, it wasn't going to be too long. Now, obviously, I haven't heard anything else, you know, to that matter, whether is you know, got to have it pinned or put back in or whatever. I I, I don't really know. But uh, I haven't actually heard how long is gonna be out? Does anybody else can you shed any light on that?
2: No, there's been nothing since the interview no. on Tuesday night, which dunno, it almost seemed like a waste of three or four minutes that interview. We didn't really gain anything um from no. it. Um Nigel, like meh, not really that bothered. Um, more bothered about the injury and the way we conceded the goals. But again, like we said at the top of the show, he's probably needs to put his hands up a little bit for the way we conceded those uh the goals considering the shape and the, the personnel where the personnel was so six one after us the other. if that had been a league game we'd have been fuming the fact that it was a pizza cup crust game absolutely different um one bit of thing we didn't talk about clive was actually uh one of the substitutes on uh on tuesday night you know we were asking weren't we on um on Monday when we were all together, about what's happening with with Seamus. Again, nowhere to be seen on on Tuesday, Clive. And uh, Adam Collin was even named Mm -hmm. on the bench with shirt number 30 for those Anorex that need to write it down.
1: It looks like Adam Collin is the goalkeeping coach going forward, which means that Seamus has gone. Um, But we we think we knew that anyway. What we don't know, and there's plenty of conjecture, is why he's gone. The rumour is that he and Clough had a blowout. I can't qualify that no uh, but it would make sense if that happened that something had to break and it wasn't going to be Clough. so uh and just going back to that you know you talk about Clough should ha- put his hands up about the formation have you ever since he's been our manager have you ever heard him accept the blame for anything
2: never have. Uh, it's not in his style is it
1: you know and uh, so but we um but i think uh, it was interesting that he signed on as a potential uh, reserve goalkeeper. I don't think we'll ever see him between the sticks, but there's nothing wrong with that. I think your coaching team, if they're young enough and fit enough, should be signed on to play anyway.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember, um, you know, when we were in the conference, Adam, we had obviously Andy Todd as first team coach who was a yeah. registered player and filled in quite well when needed to. But, you know, on the Adam Collins situation, regardless of what's happened or not happened with, with Seamus, we don't know. We're just speculating. We, you know, yeah. we've had None of us have any direct route to actually asking these questions and at the moment I don't think anybody will ask that I thought Clough perhaps had an opportunity to quantify um, that on Tuesday when he was asked why Colin was on the bench chose not to do it and that's up to that's up to Nigel Clough um others may have pressed him on it probably the wrong time to do it to be fair um obviously Owen Mason's out on loan um, getting some vital experience and like Clive said um is a very good experienced goalkeeper at this level and at National League level. He was only playing National League level two seasons ago. Last year, up until Christmas time, he was playing at Baseford, which was a good standard with some good players. Retired to focus on his business and then obviously was brought in as academy goalkeeping coach. Has done really well with some of the youngsters and it just makes sense, doesn't it? If anything would happen, God forbid, to Christy Pym or even um, Scott Flinders, We've got a very capable man there with experience to step in as backup without having to recall Owen Mason and ruin his development out on loan. Yeah, I think
3: I'd agree with that. I'd agree with every sentiment that you've just said about that. And just going off slightly on a tangent there, when I saw the photo from the Chad, I like the uh, comment that it said about Craig Priest had been photoed from Mansfield Matters fame. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah.
2: You see, it may be a nice touch. I take a little bit of umbrage from that, um, because right. they use my name. They they use my name without permission as clickbait. Then I'm not I'm not massively happy about right. that. Fair enough. And I, and it, you know, I'm not uh, as much as people might think otherwise. I actually hate things like that. I I don't no. particularly want people to know where I've been or what I've been doing. So I'm a little bit uncomfortable around that. But uh, oh. I'll get I'll get my legal team on it. <laughs> it. But,
3: yeah, but just is shame we couldn't see Clive as well. I, I, was I thought there, it, it, it had gone for a pie. The cup if next look, to me was Clive. If you look carefully,
1: there was a hand with a cup of tea. That was me.
2: Oh, I well. appreciate. I appreciate the thought of the shad, though. But next time, if you want to get clickbait, can I have some revenue from it, please? Thank you very much. Uh, Podcast <laughs> yeah. doesn't. Transfer Matters doesn't fund itself, but there you go. And um, before we do go, um obviously we had him on at the start of the show. Um, he wasn't able to join us by video or whatever for whatever reason. Um, but it is his birthday tomorrow um, when most people will be listening to this. Um, so I thought this was a prime opportunity to share our loving messages to one of our own, uh, Mr. Felton, and uh, give him a little bit of a, uh, a birthday tribute. I know, Alan, you're working on something for him uh, for tomorrow, but prime opportunity to um, give him a birthday shout out on what will be I believe his twelfth birthday tomorrow. So, uh, well, if your birthday message to Cam, please straight down the barrel of the camera, if you, if you, if you please. Cam, have a great birthday, and and let's get you working properly.
1: Stop this nonsense with Chesterfield ladies. Get a proper job.
3: <laughs> half sincere, half sincere. I like it, Alan. Straight, straight down the barrel of the camera, please. All the best for tomorrow, Cam. I hope you have a smashing birthday. Enjoy the bowling and all the treats that you'll get off your wife and your youngster. Have a really good... No, no.
1: (laughs) 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 Partner, should I say.
3: Yeah, forget the wife. Partner. He'll have a lovely time and we shall see him soon, hopefully, working on the pod.
2: Where we all get to give him 23 birthday bumps, right? That's how it works, Yeah. yeah? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, Cam, I've known you since you were about two, so that's about last week. Um, genuinely, lovely lad. You get a lot of stick on this podcast for watching Hollyoaks and being a general lazy student. That's because you are and you need to stop it. Um, you also get a lot of stick for you know the, the thing that you do with Chesterfield ladies. Not often I agree with Clive, but again, you need to stop that and uh, know where your loyalties lie. Only joking, I know that in here in your heart of hearts, Mansfield will always matter and that you're only doing it to push your career on. Um, and you know, you can't hang on my coattails forever, can you? So you've got to find your own way in the world. So have a great birthday and uh, you owe us all a Nando's. I think that's about fair, right? That's how it works, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. I wouldn't hold your breath for the Nando's. <laughs> um, me neither to be fair me neither but there you go uh, right that's pretty much all we've got time for remember if you want to get involved with podcast predictions uh you can do so the link is in the description um so make sure you get involved with that and remember you must do it one hour and one minute uh before kickoff on saturday afternoon any votes via social media or in the comments simply will not count remember to wish cam a happy birthday and we will see you next time for a live podcast. We'll be back in person again. Nathan will be here. Clive will be here. Alan will be here. And Cam will be anybody's guess. really. That's anybody's guess. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.
0: We'll see you again next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Delivery.
1: instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.